Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Marie Kane. Marie has helped people create healthy, resilient, fulfilling relationships for more than 40 years as a family therapist, relationship coach, executive level manager, and corporate consultant. She creates and uses processes and tools born out of that experience. She is committed to helping couples consciously create a better future for themselves and for generations to come, whether by saving a failing relationship or taking a good one to a great one. She supports couples to create and maintain loving connections and vigilant attention to the quality of their relationships. In turn, they positively affect all those that they touch. I had the deep pleasure of meeting Marie at a networking event that I attended a while back. And as soon as I saw her and heard her mission, I said, oh my goodness, we need to bring you on to the show. So welcome to Wickedly Smart Women, Marie. Thank you so much. I am delighted to be here. Well, we are delighted to have you. Marie, let's talk about relationships. Were you the kiddo that was like marrying your teddy bear to your dolls? Or like, were you always focused on relationships and building relationships and helping people with relationships? Or was that something that emerged out of you further down the road? It's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the oldest of eight children. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of relationships going on there. And as the oldest, there were expectations of me to be a leader, you know, to take the higher ground, you know, be helpful, et cetera. And then when I was 14, I decided I was going to be a doctor. And in those days, women doctors were unusual. And the reason I wanted to be a doctor was I wanted to help people who were in pain. And at that time, I was thinking physical pain. So I finished high school. Off I went to college, having picked one that had a really great medical school. And somewhere in the middle of all of that, I realized that it was emotional pain that I wanted to help people with. And that stayed with me. Going forward, I got my master's degree then in psychiatric social work, uh, specializing in marriage counseling and family therapy. Beautiful. Then went on from there into multiple career positions that had the opportunity for me to either personally make a difference for two people 
or ultimately I made choices to get into jobs that gave me greater reach because I wanted to help more people than I could just do one-on-one or even one to groups. Mm. So I had the pleasure of building a team who then saw to helping thousands of people in multiple geographic locations. Wow. Beautiful. Well, so it's fascinating that you you knew you wanted to help people with pain. I was choosing to be a doctor as well when I was 10. I wanted to be a heart surgeon. And that has morphed for me as well into I do work with people's hearts, but not in that in that way where I'm actually doing real surgery on them. So let's talk about like what are the top principles that you really feel strongly about when it comes to couples relating with each other? Well, as you might imagine, at the top of that list is communication, Mm -hmm. importance of communication. But there's an itty-bitty catch in there, and that is when we speak of communication, folks typically think about verbal communication. When in fact, the nonverbal part of communication has a a stronger influence on how communication is received. So people pretty often miss the boat or they, they want to improve their communication. So they follow a path of taking communication skills, but of the verbal kind only. And then they become frustrated and disappointed because it didn't fix things. And that's because a lot of the impact of the communication comes from nonverbal. I'd like to give you an example of that. Let's imagine for a moment that a couple, uh, one of the partners in a couple, wants to tell their partner that they love him or her. And so let's see how we would feel if in scenario A, the partner says, love you, babe. And they're in the middle of doing something else. Love you, babe. No eye contact. You know, they mean it. But, you know, what kind of impact did we get there? As opposed to scenario B, where the partner looks in his or her partner's eyes and says, I love you, babe, with heartfelt and some kind of touch. It can be as little as just a a stroke on the arm. And the wonderful thing about this is once people become aware of the possibilities, this just changing this has a huge impact on the quality of their communication and Mm. therefore the quality of their relationship. So Mm. I tend to get on my soapbox about this. So I will move on to to the next thing, okay, trust. Trust is crucial, and it interacts with the other elements of a healthy, vital, loving relationship. So little misunderstandings, if they're not resolved, can grow and fester. And then once you have a trust problem, now you have problems in other things. You have problems with communication because you don't trust them and you wonder if they're, you know, being genuine or not. You have problems with honesty, which is another important element 
of Mm. relationships because again you're like okay are they for real or not are they you know is this some sort of trick or do they really care you know and so that can get into a pretty unfortunate painful situation and then we have respect Mm. and this one doesn't get as much conversation as the others do but it's it's really important to feel respected and when people don't feel that that then guess what impacts on trust <laughs> well that was my thinking the first as soon as you said respect as soon as we went there i said well if i'm respected then i'm going to have somebody who's going to be honest with me and i'm going to be able to trust them if i'm respected yeah they all intersect with each other right they all they all couple <laughs> they all couple with each other yes. beautiful Last but not least is love, affection, sex, etc. And again, the sad thing about this is when folks are trying to make things better and they're stuck mm. and they view the process to make things better as being overwhelming, you know, life happens, kids happen, career happens, the world happens. And so they get stuck about moving forward. Mm. And do I believe? Yes, of course, I believe that folks need to learn a skill set that they can use everywhere, work and home. I'm focused on couples, but I've also used it in corporations. Mm. And so, so yes, of course, I think they need to put quality time into it. But the good news is they can get started just by changing a few small things. Mm. Beautiful. the way they communicate with the, you know, eyes and touch and all of that, you know, certainly any person, man or woman I've ever talked to, I said, so how do you feel when X happens? And they end up describing a scenario. And I I ask them, well, what would it be like if it looked like this? Right. Oh, wow. Never thought about that. It's like, okay, guys, if you have the time and the money to take a, a long weekend or, you know, take a course or do whatever, that's great. But you can start with something that takes two minutes. Right. And has a big impact. Right. Well, I think that's what we call the leverage points or the trim tabs. I learned about the trim tab. The trim tab is this little tab that's on the end of the rudder of a giant ship. And in order to turn the rudder, which turns the entire ship, all you really need to do is turn the trim tab. So we love leverage points. So listeners, I just want you to hear what Marie has said are like the cornerstones, right, of either a right relationship or an improving a relationship. And that's communication, more nonverbal than verbal, trust, honesty, respect, love, affection, and sex, and that you can actually make significant change with small leverage points that take tiny amounts of time rather than feeling the overwhelm of thinking that you have to, you know, do something big. So what I want to talk about just briefly before we go to the break, Marie, is when you were talking about the nonverbal communication, the sense that I get when I hear the two options, love you, babe, versus I love you, babe, right, with a little bit of touch, is that it seems that 
you know, that old saying, familiarity breeds contempt, right? Familiarity breeds not just contempt, but like we become complacent. We become complacent in our relationships. So I'd love to have you share with our listeners, because that was a very easy thing to do. Love you, babe, to I love you, babe. Just take the moment to be present. It doesn't take any time at all. Is there any other nonverbal tweaks that could be made? Because I can, having been in two different relationships, I can definitely agree that it's the nonverbal where what's coming out of the mouth and what's happening with the nonverbal are not congruent with one another, that that actually, for me, eroded trust, right? So even if somebody is doing the touch and the I love you, babe, if there's some other part of the nonverbal communication that's coming through, that can erode trust. So quickly before the break, is there something else around nonverbal that you can share with our our listeners that might might be helpful for them? Okay. Well, we want to emphasize eye contact. That's incredibly powerful in terms of intimacy. Touch is also very powerful, but also is gestures, facial expressions, the space you're in and what kind of space you're holding emotionally, body movement, you know, all of these things. And as you said, you know, Folks get complacent. We all do it. You know, we we think, and, and I've had clients, one comes to mind in particular, who would never, ever have guessed that going through the process just overnight, I was teaching it to a corporate group, mm. uh, middle managers, all men. And I sent them home with the outline of the steps of a simplified version of what I've developed. And the next day I said, okay, anybody want to volunteer? And the guy's hand shot up. I said, okay, sir. He stood up. He said, my wife and I have been married for over 25 years. And she looked at me last night and said, in all of that time, we had never had a conversation like this. So we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> wow. That's amazing, Marie. All right, listeners, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I'm going to let you know where you can find out more about Marie. Uh, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying this show and we're helping you with your relationships right now, please consider joining our community, making a donation at wickedlysmartwomen.com and sharing with your lovely lady friends who might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so that we can serve them too. Celebrating that we have nine awards now, plus we have uh, extended the brand with a number one new release in six categories book, Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action, and Transforming Worlds. We are seeking contributors for our volume two of that book. So if you have any interest in playing with us and stepping into the role of a wickedly smart woman yourself, we encourage you to reach out and uh, get more information about that. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of downloads now from all over the world. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Atlanta, Georgia, where Marie is, and also in Aruba and Albania. We might as well go with all the A's. And we will be right back with Marie Kane. Marie. 
The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, The Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Marie Kane. You can find out more about Marie at relationshipmagicforcouples.com. When you get there, there is a free quiz that you can take, and that will give you an opportunity to take a look at your relationship. Probably a good idea to do it with your partner and to ID for both of you what needs to be improved. That also comes with a report and uh, some video information for you. And then Marie also has an amazing course right there at Relationship Magic for Couples. So we'll have that for you in the show notes. So Marie, before we went to the break, we were talking a little bit about the nonverbal communication and you were saying, um, I want just for our listeners, I want to reiterate eye contact, touch, gestures, facial expressions, space that you're in, body movement, all of these things are communicating. They are signaling to your partner, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> so Marie, what I'd love to have you talk about now is I'd love to have you share, you mentioned before the break about this guy who, you know, in 25 years, his wife said, we've never had this kind of a conversation. What's another wonderful success story that you'd like to share <laughs> from somebody who has applied your tools and the skill sets that you teach? Oh, who to pick from. I know we love success stories. So I, I like to ring my bell for all those success stories. So, so yes, I remember one couple in particular who came for couples coaching and they were on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is they're fabulously happy and they probably don't need me. And one is they're like on the edge of the cliff to divorce. Mm -hmm. And they were probably at a five. And one of the partners didn't think they needed help, said we ought to be able to figure this out ourselves. Like, uh oh, there's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> and so that person did love their partner. And so they they agreed they would try it. And slowly, over a little time, that partner began to see and have the same kind of experience that the corporate gentleman did. And he began asking questions. And he began asking, well, what more could we do? And he began saying, I didn't think this was going to help, but I was wrong. Mm. And his partner was like, whoa, admitting you're wrong and things are already getting better. And they stayed the course, literally and figuratively, and ultimately were so delighted with the change in their relationship, they decided they need to renew their vows. Aww. 
And so they did a whole ceremony and a party and as a leverage point in helping to make the world a better place, people were asking, which is what I love to see happen. People were asking, what happened to you guys? And they were happy to share. They were like, well, you know, this happened and then we tried this and then we learned this and then, you know, and then we discovered this, which we'd never imagined. Da, 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 da. So now they got other people to thinking and I'm all about, let's spread this out as far as we can mm. because yeah. no relationship affects people more than an intimate couple's relationship. And that doesn't only affect their family, their kids, their close friends. It affects everybody who encounters them because it affects them. So they're either sad or grief stricken or whatever. And that shows even if people don't know, you've probably been in line at the grocery store with somebody and you felt kind of icky and uncomfortable and you didn't know for sure what was going on, but it was the energy the person in front of you was putting out. Mm. So as we help couples become better couples, happier couples, we also help make the world a better place. And the more we do that, the more it spreads. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> So well, I can't stand it. You said this at the at the top of the show about how, you know, back in the day you knew you wanted greater reach. And so you definitely are one of the wickedly smart women in the world who is called to create conscious change on a global level. Like this is about the ripple effect. And you know, I think the one emotional piece of pain that I personally experienced in both of my relationships that was the the most toxic was the resentment the distrust and resentment but it was it was the resentment that was the worst and you're absolutely right and listeners you know if you're standing in line at the grocery store you know, if you're in a restaurant and there's a couple there that are not doing well, you can feel it. You can see it. You can feel it. And and we also can see and feel when there are joyous, joyful, happy, intimately caring for one another people. And don't we all want that? So we've got a few minutes left. And what I want to talk about right now, Marie, is, you know, you mentioned with this couple that he was like, oh, we can figure this out by ourselves. I think that there's a general mindset about a lot of things, not just relationships, but a lot of things where we all have put this expectation on ourselves that we should be able to figure stuff out. And I want you to talk a little bit now about being a woman in business who is a service-based business. You know, it's a service-based business. I think one of our biggest challenges in service-based businesses is helping people to get over that idea that they should be able to figure it out for themselves. So how do you communicate in ways that allow people to break down that barrier that they put up of, we should be able to figure this out for ourselves? Well, I think one of the factors that is involved here is when people think about getting help, they think, first of all, oh, it's going to be embarrassing and I'm going to be shamed. And they think, I don't have the energy or I don't have the time. And that's you know what's behind them saying we should be able to figure out ourselves is not usually that they have the skill set or even feel confident about what to do or how to do it. It's 
the rest of the baggage that's behind all of that. So we have to find ways to help them see it doesn't have to be excruciating. Mm -hmm. Nobody, if you're dealing with reputable folks, nobody is going to shame you. Mm -hmm. And you can take it at the speed that you can manage. This is not some giant thing that's going to crash on your head and leave you sprawled on the ground, exhausted and frustrated, which is what people are unconsciously imagining pretty often. Hmm. So, so dealing with people's fears about getting help and the other side of that coin is helping people get ready for the change. Even positive change is frightening. Hmm. People are used to things being one way, and it's it's like a, a new suit of clothes. It looks great on them, but they it feels a little funny. And, you know, my clothes didn't used to feel like this. So we have to also help people be ready for the change, which is why in the program that I develop, I not only deal with giving them skills, but I also make sure that the last step is, what are our agreements going forward? so that we can be vigilant about the quality of our relationships. Mm. And that gives people more comfort. Plus, I also make a point of the difference between psychotherapy, which I had training in and did at some points, but it's very often about what's the cause of something, what happened back then. It's not to say there might not be things somebody needs to work through, but developing a skill set you know, on some level, for a lot of people, it may not matter where it started. Depends on the mm. trauma. Mm. But if they apply themselves to learning the skills, then that enables them and excites them. Mm. They begin to see, I could use some part of this with my kids. Right. I could use it at work, and they do. Right. And, oh my God, this is this is just like wow. <laughs> Well, and there's the ripple effect again. So beautiful, Marie. Well, thank you ever so much for coming. And thank you for being so dedicated and devoted and in deep desire. You know, you continue to be in deep desire to be a catalyst for creating conscious and committed change for couples. And that's a beautiful thing to witness after 40 years that you're still in it and you're still in it to win it. So thank you so much for showing up and shining today, Marie. And listeners, we love feedback. Please do let us know what you think of today's episode. Go right now to wickedlysmartwomen.com to join our community, share your takeaways, ask questions or submit guest suggestions. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.